You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at anchor.fm slash WCMJ. This is a sports podcast based that talks about NBA, football, and anything else that can come to the sports fan mind. We stick to the educated and the diehard fans, as well as the casual listener as well. Our show is brought to you by New Taylor & Associates, located at newlawoffice.com. You can also check out our wonderful sponsors, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Strip Cam Fun also helps bring you this podcast, as well as our sponsors at Stay Classy Meats, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order of the freshest meat available in the United States. Now, let's take it over to our host. Here's Nate and Tim bringing you this week's edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. We're back. We're bad. Tim's white. I'm mad. We're here in the house. It's Wide Men Can't Jump, and we are going to be bringing you one of the best sports programming you can hope I am the West Virginia man all the way from the hills and hollers, the back roads, the creeks, and we say y'all a lot. It is Nate Bush joining me as always from the great white north, the man, the myth, the walrus, Tim Brova. Now here's the thing. Listen, step on my copyrighted shit one more time. We're going to have trouble. I just want to point out. But the Minnesota Timberwolves are bad. Yep. You ain't got to tell me. Here's the thing. You ain't got to tell me. I am well aware of how, how bad my Timberwolves are. Yeah, well, get in line. We've all got a couple franchises that <laughs> have spent a lot of time stinking it up. So I got a I, franchise that's in a conference championship game. Ah, uh, you got a quarterback that's in a conference game. Your team didn't get to there. The goat got, the goat got you there. I'll take it either way. He's wearing my team's jersey. Yeah, he is the greatest of all time, and I don't want to hear any argument. Uh, we, we will dive into that that conversation a little later. Uh, but before we get going, we do want to well, thank everybody for tuning in and uh, checking out the podcast. Numbers going up. I checked our numbers last week, and, man, we are really gaining momentum. So. Who would have thought that uh, there was a number after a 10? I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's right. We're at 11, ladies and gentlemen. 11, 11 and climbing. And uh, we, we, if Giada listens this week, Ed, that'll be 12. Or at least 11 and a half. Speaking so, of which, not, the, not, not Giada. Although, okay, go ahead. Go ahead sweet, go ahead. sweet little girl. Oh, we love her. Yeah, love, love her too. But uh, I saw a meme, and I wish I could find it. I think it might have got erased. Of uh, and this is not political in the sense of the politics. I just thought it's more funny from the sports side. It was a it was a picture of Joe Biden going up the hill, uh, you know, going up the steps, and out of nowhere, out comes Derrick Henry and stiff arms him. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I found that so funny, but I did. It made me laugh outrageously. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, well. <laughs> You know, last week we were we were diving into the show, and we even said, you know, we knew we'd get we, we knew we'd get traded. We two said it was going to happen. Out. We we said it, 
But he said, yeah, this is probably going to happen. I didn't know it would happen as quick as it did. Like, I'm just sitting there and literally as I'm uploading the, getting ready to upload the episode and title the episode, my phone goes off and I'm like, oh, well, there you go. (laughs) And the trade happened. So we haven't really got a chance to really break this trade down in terms of, of what happened a week ago. Yeah, well, that's because they're too busy dodging people who swear up and down that Houston got fleeced. And I'm just like, I, I don't know in what universe well, that happened, let, but... Let's look at it. Here, Here's what... Uh, here's the details of the trade. The full trade, the Rockets ended up landing Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Radonis Caracas, three Brooklyn first-round picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026... A Milwaukee first-round unprotected draft pick that was Cleveland's for 2022. Four Brooklyn first-round pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. That's what the Rockets got. Now, the Nets get James Harden. The Pacers end up landing Karis LeVert and a second-round pick. The Cavaliers get Jared Allen and Tarion Prince. So, what do you think, Tim? Let's go ahead and start with the Rockets here. The Rockets get rid of a guy that was a problem. They bring in Victor Oladipo, who's a very good player, played well in Indiana. He's a good player, but it seemed like the experiment in Indiana just wasn't working. They also bring in three first-round picks in alternating years. Actually, four if you want to get down to brass tacks. Four first-round picks. And then four opportunities to take Brooklyn's pick if Brooklyn's pick is worse or better, I should say, better than the pick that the Rockets are going to have. Is it wrong to suggest that the Rockets are almost of the opinion that the Nets might be good for a year, maybe two? Maybe, yeah. And then they're going to bust up and those draft swaps are going to be money? Well, they're probably right. Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, this is a precursor of what might happen in Brooklyn. Tonight, tonight, Kyrie Irving is playing. They're at the half. All right. Against uh, Cleveland. Okay. All right. Kyrie Irving has 17 points on eight of 10 shooting. Kevin Durant has 11 on four of nine shooting. And lo and behold, James Harden. They've all played the same amount of minutes. So I don't want to hear that talk either. James Harden is 0 of 2 and has two points. What's uh, what was it they say? Um, they don't have any. Uh, they don't have enough basketball to go around. Can, can you imagine a half of basketball where James Harden did not attempt a three point shot? That's crazy to me to think that he's 0 of 2 from the field, no three pointers, and his points were both from free throws in a half of basketball. When has that ever happened? Not very often, I'll tell you that. And again, this is we go back to this. Somebody in that organization, you bring in James Harden, he's a scorer. He's not a, I mean, yeah, he can facilitate. He can get the ball around. He can move the ball. He can do so many things. I think somebody of these three is going to have to do what is done in these big three situations. Somebody's got to take the back seat. 
there's not enough basketball to go around for those three guys to all get theirs. And here's the main issue I had with this trade. I'm looking at, okay, yeah, you bring in James Harden. You lose Caracas, okay, you know, no big loss there. I'll say that. You lose Karis LeVert, who I'm a huge fan of, and I think was a solid piece for them. Should have Was going to win sixth man of the year, in my opinion, had he stayed there. You lose Jared Allen. He's your, your guy in the middle when DeAndre Jordan's not playing well or gets in foul trouble. You lose him. You lose your defensive identity with Terry and Prince. They lost a lot. This team is very good starting five. They are weak on the bench. Spencer Dinwiddie, done for the year. They're hurting in the in the way of the bench. Now, granted, you could probably stagger one of those guys to play with your bench. You can't you can't have one of them come off the bench. Their egos well, won't handle that. I mean, tonight they. I mean, it's only one game, and granted, uh, Harden played really good in the uh, his first game for Brooklyn. I mean, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, he played good in that first game. They played the Magic. They won by seven. Yeah, I'm and just he, saying though. He and Durant had a Herculean effort. He himself though played well. My my point he is did. is that uh, tonight the Brooklyn has uh, 35 minutes off the bench so far. Yeah, three points. It's it's gonna hurt. Like, you are and, not. Yeah, you got to get used to. You got to get used to playing with each other. I understand that. Okay, but so does everybody. And th- this year, that's been a. You know that's been everybody's song and dance this year. So, I think I I don't think the Brooklyn Nets got that much better. Yeah, they got well, hard and they got more offense. That's fine. I don't think defensively defensively they got worse. Hands down, defensively. Until until he proves otherwise, and it would take a championship for me to say otherwise. James Harden has never performed in the clutch. Never. No. He's he's a great guy for scoring 50 during the regular season. He's had some good playoff games, but he's never won at all. And he's been the man in Houston for how long? Years. A while. while. So I still well, maintain they could have got there had the Chris Paul injury not happened, but it did. Possib- so. Possibly, but we never saw that, so that's speculation. Um, I don't know that I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are were a good team without him. Um, they're are they a better team with him? I guess that depends on how the three of them get along, which we don't know yet. I mean, are they a better team with him? Maybe. Are they a worse team with him? I well, don't know. They're better. Are they they're about a... the Are they about the same in some aspects? Yes, in my opinion, they they didn't offensively. Yeah, they went up a little bit, but they went down defensively so much, and they okay. lost their depth. Yeah, they're a be- they're a better uh, their starting five is better. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would guess you could argue that their three point shooting would be better. But again, what are you as you said? What are you giving up? Like this is definite to me. This is definitely an attempt of we're going to win it, and we're going to try to win it this year and next year. And if we don't, this experiment is over. Well, they tried this before. I don't know if you recall this. They tried this before where they traded. You know, a bunch of young guys and all their draft picks for the upcoming years and did this big trade and they got back Garnett, Pierce, paired him with Darren Williams, Joe Johnson. It didn't work. 
they they may like I don't even remember if they got past the first round of the playoffs. It rarely works because it, it worked for Toronto with Kyrie. It did work he, there, or not Kyrie, but, he, but Kawhi. But he wasn't. They didn't have a guy that was. You know, he didn't supplant anybody as the man. They didn't have a ma- the man really. True. So there was no real ego bashing involved there as there is. I mean, there's no way that those three guys are going to get along. I'll believe it when I see it. I believe Harden and Durant will get along perfect. I really do because they've played together before. They, they've been there. They, they've been able to, to work together before in the past. I think if Kyrie is away from this team, it may help. I know he came back, and we, we got to dive into his crazy ass here in a minute anyway. But let's look here. Uh, Rockets, I think, made off like bandits. They bring in Oladipo, who will fit nice next to John Wall, who they've got long-term. They've still got Eric Gordon. They kept P.J. Tucker. They've got Christian Woods. I mean, I think the, the Rockets did a nice job here. And then, of course, all these picks. With that, you know, picks again. Picks look good on paper. They're boomer bust. you got to make them work. So we'll see what the Rockets can do from here rebuilding and i think they they blew it up nice and and they've done good in getting back assets for what they gave up and indiana did all right except now nobody really knows what the future of karis levert is well again levert actually came out and i read today that he said this uh trade could have saved his life because he has a mass on his kidneys that he's going to have to have looked at he had no clue about yeah and they seem to be um they're concerned about they were, but they were also like, we don't like, I mean, I imagine there might be a way for them to get out of that. If they really, it doesn't seem like they want to though, but no, that's what I say. They seem to be all in on no, we're, we're going to ride this out and it goes where it goes. And he's such a good player. I don't blame him at all. He's such a good player when he's healthy. He is tough, tough to play. I mean, and, uh, and I would argue that, I don't know. Did did Cleveland get better? Uh, I mean, they got Andre Drummond. They bring Jared Allen in. They've got a lot of big guys in Cleveland. I don't know if they're hoarding them for trade deadline time or or what's going on. But they wanted to they wanted to get in on the action, so they did. I mean, um, hey, do you think Cleveland? <laughs> so. Again, well, talk and that, I don't think the Rockets got worse. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Rockets got worse. This was a horrible trade. We'll know by the end of the contracts next year if this was a good trade or not. We won't know yet. In my opinion, I think this trade will haunt Brooklyn because I don't see them getting to the finals. I know a lot of people are like, how could you say that? And Yeah, they beat Milwaukee the other night, but... Milwaukee's not in finals form. I mean, nobody's in, in playoff form yet. I've seen James Harden's playoff form, ladies and gentlemen. It ain't pretty. Uh, he, yeah, ain't I mean, he pretty. was a little better last year in the bubble. He played I mean, pretty had well. To be. But, I mean, Houston has got three first-round picks next year. Hey. Three of them. Yeah. Okay, but if you can't turn that into one good pick and, and a – like that's some trade bait, if nothing else. Oh yeah, I mean, you may be able to trade that. I mean, you got future picks coming up. You got trade. You got pick swaps. I mean, you got a lot you can do. And of course, they got expiring deals they can take on. And there's so much you can do equity wise. My whole thing is 
the Brooklyn Nets basically just pushed their chips all into the middle of the table. That's what they did. They said, we're going championship or bust. When you feel that's what you have to do, I guess I don't blame them. I just don't know. I thought that they had a better chance with a deeper roster of mixed talent of younger players with Kyrie and Durant. I think they had a, I thought they had a better chance that way. Do you like that trade more if there's maybe a one less draft pick and swap and Kyrie Irving is sent to Houston? Do you like that more for Brooklyn if they get rid of him? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, but you would have to be able to keep, to me, getting rid of Levert hurt. That hurt him more than anything. Of course, now I'm glad he's okay, and they, they found the mass, and they're taking care of that. Losing Allen and Lavert, I think, hurt a lot because those were your defensive bodies. Those were your your guys that did all the dirty work that nobody ever talks about. I mean, Brooklyn will probably be fine as long as they they win, and there's not nothing for anybody to get worked up about. But the minute there is, I mean, is Kyrie going to go off the reservation again for the 14th time? And well, Let's talk about that. Like, Kyrie just vanishes after going to, like, some party or, or something. Uh, just just vanishes. The guy takes off. and Well, he says I, he, he, I, he just needed time away. And, oh, okay, I, I mean, I don't know Kyrie Irving. I don't know what his situation is. Perhaps there was something going on. That in his world that required this, I, I can't say for sure. But you'd think if that was the case, you'd at least let your team know. And that the team would know that and they would have got behind him. And, you know, when the press started, well, where is he? And, uh, you know, kind of unprofessional and blah, 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 blah. And, the you know, Steve Nash kind of shrugged his shoulders and went, I don't know where he is. He pulled a Rodman. Kind of. I mean, and then he... But he had, like, no legitimate reason to pull a broad. Well, I said, I mean, even if it was, let's say, okay, let's say it is a mental health issue if we're going to go down that road. Okay, well, if that's true, then you're not at birthday parties at clubs. You're not on Zoom calls with politicians where you just sit there and don't say anything, which just struck, I don't buying, even know why. Buying houses. Yeah, you're not doing all these things. Which, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm, That's it's a great thing what he did, but at the same time, it's like, but it doesn't speak, yeah, right. But it doesn't speak to that that the problem was some kind of that he was having a personal issue, because it just doesn't look like that. It doesn't. So if it's not that, what's his problem? Like, does he just get to decide whenever he doesn't feel like playing? He just just. I mean, did I did he get paid? Uh, actually, every game he missed, I believe he actually had to forfeit his salary. Well, as he should, because if he was absent, if he was AWOL, that's what should happen. I mean, well, he finally came back and, and he was giving this interview like, these people don't know me. Nobody knows me. I just needed a pause. I just needed a pause. Dude, you've been on a pause forever. You didn't even play last year, Harley. You want to talk about you need, you need a pause. Okay, but if give, you're gonna, give me, give me four hundred thousand dollars a game and let me take a pause. If you're going to give if you're going to give that as the reason then you have to give me something. I don't need, like, details, but I need something a tad bit more specific than I needed to pause. Because it's not like you haven't done this before. Yeah. If this was the first time, 
All right, then you may be willing to cut well, him. Well, if he had completely played last season and played in the bubble and played and only got a few like a month or a month and a half off and he, he needed some time for himself, okay, then maybe. But dude didn't play in the bubble, wouldn't come to the bubble even if he could have played, didn't want to go to the bubble. Now he's not in the bubble. He's griping because Steve Nash is the head coach. He didn't have enough say or input on Steve Nash being the head coach. Now he's complaining because I guess he's going to be the third fiddle. He finally had gotten to the point where he could accept being second fiddle, and now they've moved him down another chair. Kyrie Irving's now third clarinet. He's not second clarinet anymore, ladies and gentlemen. And this guy has the gall to come in with as much money as he makes and looks at me, I needed a pause. I just needed a pause. Screw mm-hmm. you and your pause. Go pause somewhere. Put down well, your PlayStation, a, Mister. I need a pause. That's it. That's a pretty bitter. That's a pretty hard pill to swallow as a fan. It's a bitch move. That it's you, a bitch move. That, that you somehow that your 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 life is so stressful compared to all the rest of us. Let me tell you what Kyrie Irving's <laughs> problem is. All right. So here, here let, let me start from the beginning here, Mister. I went to Duke. Mr. I was number one overall pick coming out of Duke. I was pampered at Duke. Probably got a good payday at Duke. Then comes to the NBA where, you know, he he wants to be the man. That's fine. This dude, over the years, has gone nuts. He's a flat earther. If you're a flat earther out there... uh, have your head examined. Well, again, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I don't mean yeah, to be that again, guy. Again, you 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 can believe what you want. But, you can believe it if you want. But but uh, let's on. be. You got to be ready to take some ridicule for believing something yeah. like that. Sorry, yeah. but you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and and this guy, he he acts like he just doesn't like the game of basketball. Even though that's what's making well, him his money. It's quite possible that that's Yeah, true. Angie, I talk crap about Kyrie and Duke. You heard me. Now get back in there. Hey. Now, uh, I am busy. Don't even, you don't want to be here in about 10 minutes when I start in on Duke. But anyway, because I got some stuff to say about Duke University. Coming we'll up talk today. about Duke later. But uh, yeah, Kyrie Irving's crazy. It's he's quite a- possible that he that he likes the money and the stardom that's attached to that job. But maybe doesn't like the rest of it. He wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> I like the money and I like the uh, the star that I'm a star. But man, do I hate going to work. <laughs> well, you know, I'd be a lot well, I'd be a lot happier us... if I showed up at my job and they gave me four hundred grand okay, every day. But, but who amongst us wants you? Once you, you're, I mean, I don't know how much money Kyrie Irving has, but I have to assume it's a fairly significant amount. More than what we got. You know, I mean, if if you had fifty million dollars, would you want to get up and go to work every day? Probably not, and probably wouldn't. Well, Kyrie apparently doesn't want to. And, and do you see where guys were like calling him out? Shaq called him out. Stephen A. Smith told him to retire immediately. Well, like these I mean, guys he, were really giving him know, crap. I used to not be the biggest Shaq fan as an announcer, but man, he's been bringing the heat. He went off on James Harden. He went off on Kyrie. Like I'm starting to like Shaq uh, quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> calling it like uh, calling Kyrie it out of net worth um, <sighs> estimated around ninety million. Okay, so maybe for him, you know, ninety million. Let's well, let's be nice and say it's only fifty. Okay. Okay. So he's got fifty million dollars. He sort of likes basketball, but maybe he doesn't love it. 
And let's admit, let's admit it. I mean, in the COVID era right now, doing that stuff is probably a great big gigantic pain in the ass. I guarantee it. So perhaps, and if you're not a hundred percent happy on what's going on, and he isn't, and hasn't been since last year, and heck, going back to Boston and back before that, even he's always been kind of a unhappy sort of dude for whatever reasons, you know. Maybe maybe it's time for Kyrie to think about walking away. Well, I mean, he's got all that money. Why not? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell the guy, hey, you know, you should. You should play. You know, you're such a talent. Why are you not I mean, playing? Again, I mean, I have not walked any mileage in Kyrie's... Very expensive shoe. Footwear. <laughs> so I can't say as to whether, you know, whether his gripes are legitimate. But on the surface, and definitely as a fan, they appear to be very trivial and things that the rest of us wish we only had to worry about the things that seem to really get this guy going for whatever reason. And yeah. I mean, okay, but no different, no different than Harden. No. Oh, I'm getting $40 million a year, but I've done everything and the team has done nothing, but I have done everything. I have to leave here and I'm going, man, uh-huh. as we talked about last week, the team didn't really seem too concerned that he was leaving. Oh, and- <laughs> In fact, I'd be worried that, uh, was it, uh, which one was it that I think basically came right out and said I uh, might just lay hands on him if he doesn't try to scrap. Cousins? Yeah. Cousins? Yeah, who, you know, said, I really don't care that he's not here and if he doesn't watch his flapper. <laughs> and you I don't think love Boogie Cousins. And I don't think James Harden could fight his way out of a wet paper bag. So <laughs> I don't know many people that could successfully fight Boogie Cousins. I mean, that dude's a beast. I well, love that guy. Boogie Boogie sort of looks like, you know, if you put him in gang clothes, he wouldn't look out of place. <laughs> hey, mean streets of uh, Lexington there, where he went to Con- University of Kentucky. Well, but... uh, you know, if he grew up as a black man in Lexington, he probably is pretty tough. <laughs> he's probably, probably I got well no seriously he's probably been in a in a scrap or two. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, but, but this whole Brooklyn Nets thing, this has just been you know, they make this big deal and they got all this drama going on. Well, they it looks like they're going to get back as you said, they're back in action tonight. Uh all three guys are there and playing. And apparently Kyrie came around and apologized to his team and Oh, yada, yada. So, um, you know, hey, good for him, I guess. You know, I know Kyrie, if I just... He kind of reminds me a bit of Kanye West. You know, I, I can see that. I can see that. You know, with, you know, my greatest, you know, what did he say? My greatest regret is that I can't watch myself perform live. Yeah, me, Kyrie. You know? My greatest regret is I can't watch myself play basketball. That, that, that kind of a vibe where, I mean, he's a good basketball player. I don't very think good. anyone's going to argue can't that. Knock his talent. You can't knock his talent. He's a very good but, basketball player. Uh, between, the, you know, between the ears, yeah, not so sure how much is going on up there. <laughs> a lot of smoke up there, if you, if you ask me. Uh, I but... mean, maybe. Do you think possibly that he traveled? Well, he was gone, and he just fell off the edge, and it took him a while to get back up. Maybe. Could be what happened. Yeah, you can't roll this out flat. Yeah. I've already said the world is not flat, and here's why. If it was, cats would have pushed everything off by now. That's the truth. Uh, 
<laughs> I can't argue that. They and, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> and and about 500 other things I can come up with that, that would totally smash the theory. But, of course, well, I, guess, you know. I guess if you, I mean, again, you can believe what you want. You just can't get too upset when people call people, you an when, idiot. When people call you dumb and bring the facts to back it up, that's all. But I will say, uh, you know, best of luck to Karis LeVert on his healing process. I really did hate to hear that he he got hurt, and that's... Uh, well, again, as you said, that, uh, if it turns out to be something serious, better that he goes down this road than doesn't know it all and suddenly starts, hey, I don't feel very good. Oh, geez, dude, you got a, a malignant growth and it's spread all over or whatever, you know, all the things that yeah. it could be, right? So better off knowing, I guess. And, you know, that speaks fairly well, too, to change the subject a tiny bit. That speaks, that speaks awful well on whatever kind of a physical he had to pass. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, know, they, they I mean, these guys pretty thoroughly. I mean, it used to be like, oh, oh you, you got, <laughs> oh, you you're got off the, the, all right, good, you made it. <laughs> you got off the flight and found the arena. Excellent. <laughs> right. Welcome to the team. Here's, here's, here's your jersey. What number would you like on the back? <laughs> so, but yeah, they apparently they really go in depth on those. Uh, I also that they, I mean, they must have x-rayed him or CAT scanned him for some reason. Yeah. I mean, they, they check these guys out pretty thoroughly. I mean, at least that's yeah. the way it looks. Just uh, any Magic City wings he'd eaten. <laughs> uh, terrible news here, though. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic undergoing surgery on a fractured right wrist. He'll be out at least eight weeks. Portland, again, Nurkic, is, he's, it just seems like he is snake bit. If you're going to come at me with terrible news, I better hear the words out of fried chicken, no more fries, something like that. That was only, like, regrettable news. Well, it's very regrettable if you're a Portland fan. But I'm not. <laughs> True. Well, it sucks if you're a Portland fan. All right, okay, I'll give you that. All right. Uh, another, for for me, Wolves fans, Carl Anthony Towns, positive for COVID. Uh, and he's going to be out for a while. This poor guy. Man, he's got he's got to hate this. He's got really? so many family members that have had issues with COVID. When is it gonna come out? What did this guy do that his karma is so shitty? I feel so bad for the guy because really it just do. seems like it's one thing after another for this dude. Lost his mother, lost family. He's lost several family members to COVID. It's just awful. I, I just feel so bad for the guy. I mean, about the only thing I can say about that is because he's an athlete, you know, he'll probably quarantine and be fine 99.99%. But still, I don't wish it on anyone. Um, if nothing else, it throws a real wrench in your season. <laughs> There's a lot of wrenches in our season at the moment. But <laughs> well, it's just one it's, of them. All right, so the NBA puts all these protocols in place, Nate, and it seems that uh, a lot of the teams have been ignoring them when no one's looking. Or when they think Very they're... lenient. Um, we've got several reports of pregame hug fests, which I still don't understand regardless 
And even though COVID, I don't understand that, but. Um, ah, well, you know, I, if you see people, you know, I don't right now with COVID, but if I see people I know and I like, and you know, you ain't seen them in a hot minute. Yeah. You can give them a hug. You're not supposed to like the other team before a game starts. I, I know that, but in this can, day and age, yeah, you can do that back in the, you know, back in the back of the arena where no one has to see it. Then I, then I don't have a, I mean, then I don't know about it. Right. But, uh, you know, we've had it in all the sports. We've seen it in every one of them. Um, the Washington Capitals in hockey just got dinged a hundred grand because they broke the protocols. Now they got four guys on the uh, due to contact tracing can't play, and the way the NHL set their thing up, um, it's tough luck. Uh, so they're they lost four four of their best players aren't going to be playing for ten to fourteen days or whatever. I don't even know what the NHL rule is. Ten days, I think. Um, it just seems like. Like, are the rules that hard to follow? Apparently. That these guys can't do it, or are they just so used to doing whatever they want? Kind of like everybody else, I guess. I I don't know. It just... I don't know what they can do. I guess they find them, and I guess you're kind of punishing yourself. Because if you test positive, or if you're out due to contact, I guess the punishment is the fact that you don't get to play and your team gets hurt, and... Blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. Well, they did institute some new COVID protocol, uh, especially since they had so many positive tests, and it seems like games were getting postponed left and right. Um, here was the report I saw earlier from Adrian Wojnarowski. 11 positive cases, new positive cases of COVID, out of 502 NBA players for the week. So, not bad, but they could get lower. You know what that's I mean? What? That's 2%, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. good. I mean, for the most part. I mean, we'd kill for those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere else, we'd be happy to see. True. I mean, but um, I don't know. I guess we just got so used to seeing the zeros from the bubble that we're, we're kind of like, oh, you know, but, you know, these guys are traveling now. Uh, they're They're very strict now on who they can have contact with, where they can go, what they can do. And I did read this, and this was a point I kind of wanted to bring up here on the show today. Um, Adam Silver, before the season started, Adam Silver said, no, we don't want to get the COVID vaccine. We want to wait our turn. We want to let everybody else get the vaccine. Now they've been dealing with these issues. Now he's come out and said, we would get the COVID vaccine and have it be a PSA for others to get the vaccine. Now, I mean, I'm on the middle of the fence here. I'm kind of on both sides here. I totally understand why you wouldn't want professional athletes getting this vaccine before a lot of frontline workers and a lot of elderly people. I totally get that. I also understand there's a lot of frontline workers and a lot of elderly that have refused the vaccine at the same time. I, I get, and I understand where they're coming from. Not here telling people what to do. I'm just going to say I got my first vaccine shot a couple weeks ago. I'm getting another one soon. I will say that I get where Adam Silver's coming from. We want to avoid this COVID issue altogether, make things easier for our guys. We can use this as some sort of PSA to get tested, but really we're, we're protecting ourselves here and our investment in the season by, by doing this. And the quicker we can get 
everybody a shot and we can start maybe letting some fans back in the building eventually, you know, I, I see it from both sides. I want to hear your take Tim, before I give my take. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't like it. Okay. Uh, the, the only way I'm in favor. That. Yeah. The only way I'm in favor of that is if they could prove to me, okay, we have made this vaccine available to everybody over whatever the target age is 65 i guess yeah it's 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 about 65 or 70 okay so let's say let's say even 70 if everybody over 70 and every uh, healthcare worker and everybody else like that has been given a chance uh, they've either got it or passed and we've got supply available like it would i guess it would really depend on supply you know if i I, there's no way i'm not on Okay, so I'm I'm definitely not on board that basketball players are getting going to get a vaccine when there are people who really need it who aren't getting it. That doesn't work for me. Um, now, if there's a way for the NBA to, I don't know if they can procure some on their own, and they cough up for it, and this isn't interfering with the federal government's supply, uh, which I I don't know if that's possible, or maybe there's a vaccine from another. Maybe a different vaccine as opposed to the Moderna or the Pfizer ones that seem to be the popular choice so far. I know maybe that's something they can look at. I don't know. But, I mean, what makes basketball players so special? Yeah. I mean, I totally understand that. I guess, uh, you know, would be my take on it. But in the, the same sports breath, fan, the, the, the sports fan in me wants them to get it. But at the same time, the humanitarian in me says, no, they should have to wait their turn. So I'm kind of on the fence, like I said. Well, I, I mean, if you were just going to look at it purely, you know, like a lot of the arguments I've been hearing is, okay, well, you know, like, all right, uh, I don't want to get into the politics of all this nonsense, but. Well, uh, I, I don't want to make it political. No, but but the argument has been that there are uh, certain uh, subsets of the population that should get access to the vaccine because they're uh, poor, let's say, is one. So they don't have the best, uh, you know, they don't have advantages that some other people have got. So where does that put NBA basketball players? I mean, my whole thing is we can't have what happened recently in some other places where there was some vaccine, especially now that there seems to be a little bit of a shortage there was some vaccine that went yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, no, that should never happen either. Uh, I'm, that I'm not... should never happen. I mean, who's on the who's on the list? I guess would be the thing: old people, people with co- comorbidities, uh, school teachers, first responders. Yeah, like you know, anybody, I, I, anybody really in the healthcare field or yeah, I, I don't know where. I mean, but I mean, but, but basketball players is never going to be on my list yeah. until all those other people are looked after. I mean, basketball, yeah. can, basketball can keep doing what they're doing and worse comes to worse and they got to postpone some games or shut down for two weeks or whatever. Uh, but basketball's not going to die if the season doesn't go off perfectly and it already hasn't. So, yeah. I, I mean, you, you've kind of convinced me a little bit on that. Yeah, that I, just, I mean, of course, you know, I'm a sports fan. I love my basketball. I love watching it. So I guess maybe I, I kind of selfishly was like, eh, you know, maybe they could. That'd be cool. And then 
we could get back to to basketball and not really worry too much. But again, but... now if they if they said that okay, um, we are in uh, the, you know the state of California has called us and said, hey, look, we've got five thousand vaccines. Nobody seems to want. They got three days left and they're no good, or they're two days of shelf life and they're toast. Um, do you want them? Okay, then I all right, whatever. As long. As long as that's all on the up At and up. At the end of the I, day, we just don't want vaccine to be wasted for when there's people out there that want it and need it. Yeah, there, whether it nothing, be the NBA, whether it be Johnny down the road, you know. I mean, I love sports, and I think people don't. Maybe they do realize a bit more now how integral they are in keeping us sane. They a are. lot of people, anyway. honestly, they are. You, you but can't, in, you can't yeah, argue that anymore. But in the same breath, there is nothing about a guy who, I mean, I don't know what the average salary is in the NBA, but it's significantly more than what the average person makes. Even, I don't know, what's the league minimum? I don't even know. But I, Honestly, I'm not 100%. It's, it's, it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, in the high hundreds of thousands at the least. Cause, I mean, ho- hockey's is 750 So anybody who's making that kind of money, I just, you know what, you've got a lot of other advantages. You don't get to skip the line to get this vaccine. I just don't think uh, NBA minimum salaries for this year. If you have, if you're a rookie and you're making the bare minimum, you're making $898,310. Okay, so, so you're making 900 grand. So you're already significantly above the vast majority of the population. Um, you're a pro athlete. So you're in good shape. So if you did get COVID, I would say your chances are. Way better than average people. You would have. To you know argue. what an NBA ten year or ten day contract will net you if you have if you have no just just ten days in the NBA with zero years of NBA experience probably gets you what hundred grand, fifty grand for ten days. Yeah, but even but even fifty grand. I mean, it takes some pretty good. It takes some people like a year and change to make fifty grand. Oh, That's- you'll love this. You will love this. I didn't know this. I'm surprised. 10-day contracts. If you have a one year of NBA experience, you get 81000 a year. All right? Two years, you get $91,557. All right? Now, here's where, here's where it gets fun. If you have three years of NBA experience, you're signed to a 10-day contract, you get $94,000. The cap only gets hit for 91000 and everything above that, like if you have 10 plus years of NBA experience and somebody signs you to a 10-day contract, you get $144,000 for that 10-day contract. The cap only takes a $91,000 hit. I got to figure out a way to get somebody to sign me to a 10-day contract. Yeah, for real. Can I play for the <laughs> NBA for 10 days and make hundred grand real quick? You know, I mean, if you made, you know, if you had a job that pays you $50,000 a year, which is a pretty good job. Like yeah, I said, that's, that's not that bad. You know, that's an above average job. You're looking at nearly three years of work to make that. Yeah. And I'm talking, and that's work. And that's not, well, there's probably a pretty good chance that in those 10 days, you may not even see the court. You may not. You're just there because somebody's down and we got to fill out the roster. Yeah. I mean, travel. Again, I get it. Nobody, nobody was paying, uh, you know, no advertisers are paying big money to watch Nate Bush fill out prescriptions, but. (laughs) <laughs> true you know or you know nobody paid me for uh 
to watch me. Yeah, no, nobody wanted to. You know, I couldn't talk. Uh, you know, chase Manhattan into. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe Coca Cola didn't sponsor the Tile Lane Championship? I mean, Diet. I mean, Diet Coke should have. I mean, if they'd have seen the amount that was consumed <laughs> on a job site. As funny as you all put in Diet Coke, I'm sure they. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure they probably did. Oh, they, a little in, bit. In full disclosure. At, at back in the oh, that would have been maybe what the two thousand turn of the you know around two thousand, things were you just want to feel good. Turn of turn of two thousand, ten years old, fifth grade. Yeah, well, I was thirty three. So anyway, um, this town was booming, and we were. I was like building like no word of a lie, like two hundred some houses a year. Wow! As fast as we could build them, people were buying. We were selling them like. We couldn't dig a hole, and it was already sold. Is that house for sale? Sold. You don't even know what kind of house we're building. Don't care. Need a house. Grand Prairie was booming. I was literally consuming, oh, easily 12 to 16 a day. Wow. Easily, because it was all, well, you know, you're working. It's hot. It's dusty. There's always, you know, there's cement dust. There's. You guys ever heard of water? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well see Gatorade? Get, yeah but on a job site water is in in uh that's in demand and you're lucky if there's a tap true and it's not always like that might be a uh water that might have not been the greatest for drinking it was okay, okay for yeah. Right, right. yeah no we would just we would have the cooler and you know 24 pack or, or whatever it was you could find and you drank till it was gone, and if there was still work to do, somebody went and bought some more because it kept you sane. Yeah. I didn't. Most of the other guys smoked, eh? That was what they did. So, I, I, you know, it was a trade-off, I guess. But anyway, uh, anyway, but, uh, Diet Coke should have sponsored me, though. Yeah, take Diet that, Coke should have sponsored, and uh, take that, bogus. And they didn't. They didn't. And they because out. of that, well, not only did they miss out, I think you, uh, I think you may have a, a right for some litigation. Well, you think they could have? Yeah, I mean, great segue. But I mean, they, <laughs> I, mean I mean, they could have taken this, yeah, and said, "Look, you know, this guy drank nearly twenty diet cokes a year for like ten years. Look at him. You too can look like this. You too can look like him." Shit, I'm surprised <laughs> Diet Pepsi didn't take me on just to show what would happen if you drink diet coke. <laughs> well, if they insulted you like that, you could sue. With our good man, Stephen P. New. That's right. Nobody talks bad about Tim and gets away with it. Sure. Not a Stephen P. News around. And you can check him out at newlawoffice.com, our wonderful sponsor here on the program. Just got a brand new building and uh, happy for Steve that they were able to do that. And uh, Steve's a great guy. And we hope to uh, talk to him again rather soon. Steve's uh, <laughs> I'm keeps, not going to say we are because every time we make a plan, something comes up. So we're going to try. Tell, he keeps telling us he wants to, but it just never works out. So uh, while I'm thinking about it, by the way, in case, speaking of, uh, of, of, of guys like Steve new, if you're a listener on Patreon, I uploaded the first 13 editions of wide men can't jump first 13 episodes only available on Patreon, patreon.com. Slash wide men can't jump. I believe it's the uh, it's either wide men can't jump or let me let me double check on that real quick. I mean, I'd uh, like to say they are missing a little something, but... a little something. But you know, there's some good. There's also some good stuff on there. 
The uh, yes, it is patreon.com slash wide men can't jump. There's the Bruce Pritchard interview is on there. The Ron Fuller Welch interview is on there. Some ridiculous Tom Robinson shenanigans. There's uh, you will hear the sound of aluminum tabs. Yes, you will hear quite, a lot of beer a cans cracking. There's lots of Frank from Flynn Flon, some crazy Karen moments, all from the LaughCast studios. Head on over to Patreon if you want to hear the first 13 episodes of Wide Bean Kenjip. They cannot be heard anywhere else except Patreon and my laptop. Tim can't even listen to them right now. And that's the truth. That's a shoot. Yeah, I used to have them, but I don't anymore. Well, if he wants them, he can either beg me for them or he can sue me with Stephen P. New. NewLawOffice.com Let's hear some more from the master litigator The master debater himself Steve New Personal injury, product liability Workplace accidents, mesothelioma law Social security disability Unfair insurance practices Family law, employment discrimination And more All this can be handled At New Law Office with Stephen P. New It's New Law Office With Stephen P. New You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to our wonderful sponsor, the law offices of Stephen P. New. And uh, now we're back uh, talking more NBA. Let's let's take a look at some other things. We talked about this the other night. Taco Fall hit a three the other night. Man, that was, was so cool. And it was sweet. Did he call bank? I don't think he called bank. I don't know if there's enough bank to call for that shot. That was... <laughs> it looked like a shot Cade made today. Cade, Cade shot a shot today that, that just banked in. And... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it kind of resembled, it resembled what, the, what that kid would do in gym class occasionally when... He just didn't have any other option but to shoot and then acted like he Yeah, and then acted like he meant to do it when we all know no you didn't. But anyway. Oh really, really? Really, Steve? Yeah, you really meant to do that, huh? You didn't know you could even throw the ball that far, let alone (laughs) (laughs) and it it banks home. (laughs) Let alone overshoot the target. He was the guy that if he got the rebound, he was shooting. It didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, because that because that that wasn't the side kiss. That was a That was a pure overshot that just got lucky. But you know the it, best part, you know the whole best part of him making that three, the bench, the celebration by the bench. Well, as I said, as I told you when we watched it, I said, "Thank the Lord, there was no fans there. They'd have had to oh, stop the game because they'd have rushed the court." In Boston, I mean, he's very well liked. I mean, I'm surprised though. I don't recall hearing any high pitched shrieking coming out of Shinston. I think there were some earmuffs on that night. Although I might have heard what I thought was a grunt of approval from the Hoff household, but I think that might have been something else. Wow. Odd. (laughs) Man. Wow. 
was just Nick eating. I must say anything. I don't know where you were. Yeah, went. that's what I'd say too. But yeah, Taco Fall with a three. Nice shot. Now, the worst part about it, we go from the good to the bad. Oh, we're going to talk about Duke? No, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons' three that he shot <laughs> the other night as he played uh, against, I believe that's Memphis. Yes, against Memphis. Uh, Airball. I was going to say, they used to have a word for those when I was in high school that everyone would scream out when you did that. What was that? Airball! <laughs> nothing but the air. Literally nothing. It, it looked more like a pass, and I'm sure he'll say it was, but my God, that was a horrendous shot. Now, where did that, where did that game take place? That was in Memphis. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of indoor wind in Memphis. It depends on if Lawler was there that night. <laughs> well, I mean, I without the fans there, I mean, you could blame the air conditioning, I guess, maybe. I guess, or you could blame the fact that Ben Simmons is a crap shooter that he can't and shoot threes or anything dice. else. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. Uh, it, I, it's mind-boggling to me watching that guy shoot a three. Like, come on. Like, sheesh. Like, I don't, you know, again, I don't expect him to be, like... He don't have to shoot 100%. No, but the fact that he doesn't even try to throw him up there is somewhat embarrassing. Uh, or at least it is to me, anyway. I mean, that's that's like that's like a hockey player who won't take a shot on net. I gotta pass it. Or a football, you know, a football quarterback won't throw into the end zone. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta run all my roots short of the end zone. I don't like to throw it there. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, it was ugly. Oh my goodness! I just got an update at halftime. Look at that! Uh, Look at that defense, eh? Wow. Wolves fifty-one, Magic thirty-five at half. Wow. Hey, Write that down. Did the Magic not attempt any shots? Don't worry, the Wolves will blow it. Oh my God! The, the Magic were twelve of forty-four. And we'll oh. blow. It. Oh, that's ugly. We'll blow it. Watch us. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so Ben Simmons continues to defy logic and just keeps making th- keeps missing threes despite being a number one pick. What do you and know? And to think that we that there was a time when Markel Fultz was the bust. Yeah, really. Uh, another, I don't know. Another piece of injury information: the Trailblazers star C.J. McCollum fractured left foot, left foot and will miss an extended period of time. Blazers lose Nurkic, they lose McCollum as well. That's a big blow for the Blazers. Portland. At least in my opinion. They're on fire down in Portland, I hear. Yeah, really. <laughs> Have you heard about this? This this just broke today. Apparently, uh, Lonzo Ball has lost his starting position to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who has now uh, stepped into that role. And Lonzo, um, apparently Walker's been out playing, and Lonzo looks like he's lost his starting spot. There's been rumors that there are reports from the Raptors, the Knicks, the Mavs, the Clippers, and Magic in trying to acquire Lonzo Ball if well, he's available for trade. If he comes to Toronto, we will indulge LeVar. You think so? Up here? Oh, God, yeah, they'll love him in Toronto. Say something <laughs> stupid. Say something dumb, LeVar. <laughs> I could see, I could see Drake standing there. Lavar, say something stupid. Say something like dumb. Tom Lesnar said that to Paul Heyman. Good Lord, our Prime Minister will probably meet him at the border. 
Could you see Lonzo Ball playing for the Knicks? And LeVar? No. no and LeVar that's a, in New York City? You know what? It would probably... It, Toronto would not be a bad place for him because no one will care. Like, no pressure whatsoever, zero. Um, all the other stuff that he drags along with him media-wise and all that won't come to Toronto. And <laughs> Right now, nobody's going to Toronto, not even Yeah, mind, mind you, right <laughs> now, yeah, he's not really Toronto, I guess. But I didn't think Lonzo was playing all that poorly. Apparently, Alexander Walker came in and just outplayed him. Apparently, he scored like 29 points in the last two games. And now a lot of people are starting to label Lonzo a bust. Somebody had uh, posted I saw on Twitter. It said uh, LeVar Ball deserves a million dollars if he could convince somebody to take Lonzo at number two in the NBA draft. Well, I mean, I don't I, think Lonzo's a bad player. I, and I don't I think, think he is a either. NBA player, but I mean, the dude. It's he, not his fault his dad's a maniac. No, and he, he might be more a guy who might be better suited to, okay, you're not a starter. Perhaps you might be a, a, a situational minutes kind of guy. He would start in Orlando. With faults going down, he would start in Orlando. No, but generally speaking, he, he may not be the kind of guy that has the... Mind you, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think he was any worse than the one that they are all so excited about. No, I mean, LaMelo? Yeah. Oh, that hype train is getting out of control. I mean... That's, that's just me. No, I, I mean, I, I don't get the, the Lonzo's a bust all of a sudden. It's just like, I, I don't think he is. I, I mean, yeah, the Pelicans have really underperformed, but I honestly don't think Lonzo is that bad of a player. I mean, when you look at their I'm stats, looking at his stats, I mean, twelve his points stats per game are just as good months. as Lamelo's. Yeah, but Lamelo's a rookie, so apparently okay, that matters. Lonzo has not really played all that much basketball. He's been hurt a couple of times. Well, Nikhil Alexander Walker is actually only averaging eleven points per game. So, I, but I know a lot of people. Of course, you got to remember. There's really no, really no right answer here. It's just well, it's you know, just, maybe just, what happens is uh, they trade Lam- uh, him to uh, Lonzo goes to New York. They trade for Lamelo. They sign Leangelo, and Lavar with his big baller brand money buys the Knicks. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That would be funny. Uh, or, or they don't, or no, he doesn't buy the Knicks. He's named head coach. Oh, God. You know, that'd be something that the Knicks would do. <laughs> I could see that. You can't rule it out. I mean, wasn't there a movie, something like with Whoopi Goldberg, where she was named the Knicks head coach? Eddie. Yeah. Eddie was the name of the movie. You I remember mean, that movie? Okay, we, we got, we got, I need one more. Oh, no, I got it. We got Mellow Ball, Leangelo. What's the other one? Lonzo. Lonzo. And then in the backcourt, we got Bobby and Bogus. <laughs> Bobby Blaze and Bogus in the backcourt. <laughs> Coming off the bench, we got Bobby Hill checking in. And Bobby Dad. Hill. Oh, yeah, but Bobby Hill doesn't hold a candle to Bobby Blaze. I mean, that. Well, who does hold a candle? I mean, to not too many guys have got the outstanding high The school. only guy that I would want coming off the bench would be. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tom Robinson's ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I dunk ball. Ooh. Po man's body slapped me. Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. But yeah, that that's pretty much what's going on NBA wise since we last left. Well, I, I do want to throw in there quickly before Go we ahead. Go ahead. Off of NBA. Oh, well, uh, we're technically not moving off the NBA, but we are. Oh, what? well, sort of. But um, Raptors playing a little bit better last yeah. little while. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nurse will get him turned around. I figured he would. But still, like, not still looking kind of shaky. Uh, surprise teams for me so far got to be the Knicks and the Cavs. They got they to both be coming back there. down to earth, though. Although they're starting to slide, but geez, I didn't think New York could have seven wins all year, barely, let alone already. Uh, and then they own the West. Kind of, is it almost business as usual in the West? Kind of, except I thought Denver might be a bit better than they've shown yeah, so far. Got off a slow start this year. Um, you know, obviously, I thought Minnesota would be a little better than they are, but obviously, they, they, they've kind of sucked it up a little bit. Spurs are kind of down this year. I mean, and you got the top, you got the big three in the West Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Utah. And yeah. after that, it's kind of up for grabs. Shout out to uh, Rachel Miller, who pointed out Quinn Snyder is uh, now the second winningest jazz coach of all time, and also totally dreamy. And she also pointed out Kyle Kuzma's uh, fashion corner. If you want to go to the Wide Men Can't Jump Network page, it is up there. I'd like, right to, now. See, I'd like to see more of that. More. Well, she sent me those. She sent me those the other day, and I meant to post them, but I just posted them earlier. So you probably haven't even seen them yet. No, I haven't seen those, but I remember she did a few back in the day that just made me laugh. Oh yeah, I enjoyed them. She sent me some um, more. And what it's uh, and in the East, you know, it's basically up for grabs in the East. Nobody running away with it. Um, Milwaukee seems to be the team everybody's chasing in the regular season right now. Uh, The Nets are actually playing Cleveland, and the last score I saw was the Nets were down against Cleveland. Um, It's tied now with 19 seconds to go in Cleveland, and so it's going to come down to the wire there. Yeah, but still, that powerhouse of a team should not be down to the wire against Cleveland. I, I agree 100%. I mean, now, not that that can't happen. Well, you got to remember, they're, they're all pros here, right? Like, Harden 17, Durant and Kyrie both with 30, Jermichael Green with 13, DeAndre Jordan with 13. Nobody else even close to 10 points. You had two more. You've only had seven guys score for this team. Joe Harris has played 31 minutes. He's got six points. He's barely, you know, nothing there. Cleveland's kind of spread it around a little more. I mean, they've got Seti Osman with 23. Colin Sexton, he's put up 20. Drummond with 13. Prince, which they just acquired from the Nets. Terry and Prince has got 12. Jared Allen with 10. Larry Nance with 12. And they got some pieces here that, that are really making it work. But... We'll see how that game ends. I'll tell you what, we'll come back. Actually, we're down to one second left in this game. Say, that game looks like it's going to go to overtime. Yeah, it looks that way. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go here. We're going to take a break. And then on the other side, we're going to hear from our guy, Bart Winkler, 
from uh, the Bart Winkler show up in Milwaukee. He and I had a chance to talk talk Milwaukee Bucks. We talked a lot about the Bucks. We even mentioned some football. The Packers and the Bucks playing Sunday, and we all know where my allegiances lie. Go Bucks. Okay. Uh, and the Packers and Bucks, we talked a little about that as well. So let's hear from our good friends over at Strip Cam Fun. We'll come back. We'll update you on the uh, the Brooklyn game here, what's going on. We'll talk a little football. There's been some NFL news, and we'll get you ready for Conference Championship Sunday, and then we'll have uh, we'll do our Unsolved Mystery this week, and it's a doozy. So we'll be right back right after this from our good friends over at Strip Cam Fun. Don't go anywhere. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Strip Cam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Back on Wide Men Can't Jump again. It's been a while, but we're glad to have him back. Is from the Bart Winkler Show. It's the man himself, Bart Winkler, from Milwaukee uh, on uh, all kinds of different radio stations up there. Am I right on that? Yeah, we're worldwide on the radio.com app and then. The home base is 12.50 a.m., the fan in Milwaukee. Well, there you go. Got the a.m. station going, and uh, it's great to have you back, Barton. And before we dive into talking bucks, uh, congratulations on the uh, the Green Bay win uh, over the weekend as they move to the uh, conference finals, the, in a, the NFC championship game. Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Uh, it's the fourth time they've been in the NFC championship game in seven years they have not made the super bowl in any of those seven years so hopefully things change a little bit but it's it's crazy because this packers game is going to take a lot of the attention away uh the bucks with big week they've got the nets and the lakers this week and a lot of us you know a lot of the show is going to be packer centric but this is like the biggest week of the buck season up to this point oh yeah absolutely and uh before we go into that, as a Tampa Bay fan, uh, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, I've been a Tampa fan for twenty uh, some years now, so uh, looking forward to the game uh, again. <laughs> I, I've said this to every person I know. I like uh, I like the Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so if they're the ones that, to put my boy Brady out, so be it. I'm just glad we beat the Saints. I hate the Saints. So. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a great game. Looking forward to it, though, for real. Um, well, let's go ahead and dive into some basketball talk here. Milwaukee, 9-4 and four on the season, won four straight so far. Just absolutely on a tear. And back where I believe most people would consider them to be atop the East, just rolling through teams now. They beat, they've beaten Cleveland, Orlando, Detroit. They beat Dallas by three. Uh, again, the big one between Brooklyn is coming up as we record tonight 
Milwaukee's looking good here early in the season. Did you really expect anything less, though? No, and I, I hope that this year in the regular season they do a little bit more of the experimenting and like exploring what's going to work the best in the postseason. You know, that, that, that bubble did not go well for the Bucks. They were not the same team for whatever reason. And then when they got into the playoffs, it was the second straight year where, you know, a series that they probably should have won, they lost because the other team just planned better for it. I think that there needs to be more of, again, an exploratory kind of how do we face this team? How do we face this team? How do we face that team? Instead of this is what we do, let's do it every game because if you're going to do a series well the other team's going to say okay well that's what the bucks do so now we're going to counter that and then the bucks have never really had a counter punch early in the season you're seeing them explore things a little bit more they're not known to be a team that switches a lot on defense but because of how good drew holiday is on defense they almost don't have a choice so they're starting to do that more and holiday's been very good especially defensively. And I think the way that the structure's built, the schedule's built, they had a couple of these back-to-backs early. I don't think they have another one for a couple weeks now. But to play a team on like a Monday and then to play them again on a Wednesday, that is great. Two two back-to-back games, same team, because that's like the closest you're going to get to the playoffs where you're going to play a team and then they're going to next day to scheme to try to win that next game you're seeing a lot of these back-to-backs being split so far this season and I think that will force the Bucks to be more in that mode this is a good basketball team now with what's going on with the Nets are they the best in the east uh, we're gonna find out this week we're gonna probably find out in a playoff series but for the Bucks to be the best version of themselves they've got to figure out what other versions of themselves they can be instead of just regular season juggernaut and then early exit in the postseason. Yeah, we're, uh, we're looking to, uh, for the Bucks to, to really go farther this year, I think. Uh, you, you brought up Drew Holiday. We, let's talk about the trade. You know, the, the Bucks signed Holiday, or they trade for Holiday. They gave up quite a bit for him. Do you like the move? Do you think it's going to pan out in the long run, getting Drew Holiday? They gave up. You know, uh, Eric Bledsoe, they give up George Hill, they give up the picks. Is that the smart move to do? Was it just to keep Giannis happy and keep him in Milwaukee? Because whatever it did, it worked. Yeah, well, the goal is to keep Giannis in Milwaukee, but the goal is to try to win. And the Bucks, I think, weren't going to go any further with uh, than they did with Eric Bledsoe. We all liked Bledsoe here, and he's a great defender too. But come playoff time, three years in a row, he just – fell short and and holiday as a shooter as an offensive player is much more gifted than eric bledsoe was so yeah i love the fact that the bucks upgraded they did give up a lot of picks for that which you know i think in the nba we're always like wow a first round pick oh my god but then there's only 60 guys that get drafted and then you know there's undrafted free agents and stuff so unless it's like the top unless it's like a top three to five pick I mean, Giannis was pick 15, all right? So there's other guys that you can find later in the draft. But I think that the way the NBA is, first-round picks are good capital, but it's also capital that you can get back pretty easily. If the Bucs were to lose Giannis, if he didn't resign here, then the Bucs could be 
settled with bad contracts or whatever. Then you work with another team, you take on their worst contract, you get a first round pick back. I just feel like there's ways to reacquire first round picks. And there's a lot more first round picks than there are guys like Drew Holiday. So I think you're seeing the impact that he's made already. And I think that's just going to continue as they get further into the season because there's not much that Holiday can't do. And he's already developed a very good rapport with Giannis. Chris Middleton's looked great so far this season. Uh, Brooke Lopez was spotty at times. He's looking a little bit better. So really right now it's been Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton uh, carrying this team to this to this good start. Yeah, I mean, it really has been. I mean, Giannis is going to Giannis, as they say. I mean, 26 points per game, 10 rebounds. But I think a lot of people are surprised so far by the play of Middleton. He's averaging almost 22 points per game. Really has played well for this Bucks team. And I think this is something that they needed to do was allow him to step up and become that number two piece behind Giannis and be that second potential star. Uh, do you think Middleton has stepped into that role and is embracing it? Yeah, I do. And credit to Middleton. He seems, if you look at his career, he seems to have improved every single year somehow. Even as good as he has been to earn the max contract, he is playing the best basketball that he ever has. And he's going to the rim more. He's being even more aggressive offensively. So, yeah, I just, I think the world of Chris Middleton, I've always thought he was a good player. He signed this max contract, but before that, uh, he signed... They signed him initially via the trade with Detroit. He was a throw-in, and then he becomes, you know, this guy. And now him and Giannis really have been through everything together. They've been here the, the same amount of time. They've gone through the 15-win season. But then the the NBA, there was that one year where contracts exploded because the salary cap went up and everybody got one. Yeah. Tim Hardaway got one. Mozgov got one. Little Deng got one. And the Bucks. Gave him four for like 43. So he's a $10 million man at a time when, when, when a $10 million man was like, okay, this has to be a star. He's making 10 million bucks, but the bucks totally got the better end of that value because by the fourth year, he's making 15 million. He's all star. And then they signed him to this max deal, which brings more pressure in on him. And he's just up his game still. So I think, I mean, you look at the big three combo between Middleton and Drew and Giannis. And we're going to see a lot with this Nets big three, Kyrie and Harden and Durant. But when you have a big three, you need guys to do not all the same thing. A lot of what Durant and Harden and Kyrie might do might, I'm not trying to say that the Bucks big three is better than theirs. I'm just saying they can play off each other maybe a little bit better. Cause I do think, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, we were all expecting a Bucks nets matchup at some point in the playoffs, probably the conference finals. But I think what the Bucks have is a, use this time, figure out how these guys work best off each other. Middleton's obviously used to playing with Giannis. Now you got drew in the mix and figure out the pieces around it and go from there. But yeah, Giannis is going to Giannis. I like that. Uh, <laughs> he, he, you know, Giannis, it's so interesting because you could, you could think that he is a bad night. You could watch the game and think, man, I don't think Giannis is really – this isn't like the best version of Giannis. And then you check the box score, and he's 23-8-9 or something like that. So he's always involved. Now, he did struggle at the free throw line uh, when they played the Mavs. It was a nationally televised game, so a lot of people got on him from that. I think he was like 1 for 10, and that needs to improve. Uh, he is taking a lot more threes than I think anybody 
wants, but he's really committed to trying to make that work. He has developed more of the, you know, mid-range game if that's needed, the jump back, the fadeaway, that kind of stuff. So I think he's going to continue to, to do that. But for this team to be as good as they are, they do need Middleton to play at the level he's playing at. And, and the thing with Middleton, man, every time you ask him to be better, he, he, he is better. I, Chris Middleton has never let me down in that way. Yeah, and uh, with the moves Giannis with, with the Bucks made, Giannis signs the five-year extension, uh, gets the big payday. Were you surprised that this happened before the offseason? Were you surprised that the Bucks were able to pull this off here before the offseason, that Giannis committed to Milwaukee? Because everybody and their brother, if you listen to the media, thinks that uh, every star in the league wants to go play in either L.A. or New York. But Giannis stays in Milwaukee, the smaller market, signs the big deal. Were you surprised by this, or do you think it was good management there to get it done before the offseason? Well, I've always thought that, he would resign in Milwaukee. And for a long time, I thought it would be the super max that he eventually signed. Then for a while, I thought he might sign like a two plus one and keep the pressure on a little bit. You know, it did get a little panicky because I think we all thought if they were going to sign him, it would be this off season. If he didn't sign this off season and he played this, th- then you're probably going to lose him. I mean, cause then why wouldn't he have signed already? So this was like the offseason to get it done. And then he came back. He was in Greece for a while after the bubble. He spent most of his offseason in Greece. He came back, and he, was, he gave a very un-Giannis-like press conference. You know, Giannis is a, is a lovable dude. He's yeah. very aggressive on the floor, but he's all outside of the games, man. He is always smiling. He's joking around. He loves his teammates. He's, he's generally just enjoying life and that radiates when you talk to him after a practice or in whichever way shape or form or forum you get to chat with them uh he's always said i love milwaukee there would be a lot of times where Giannis just out of the blue would tweet i love milwaukee and it's like okay loyalty's in my dna he'd tweet all right that's really cool uh i like that but also stop putting evidence out there if you somehow leave like i think harden's old tweet was getting dug up i'll never leave Houston, all right, well, you kind of forced your way out of there. And it just looks disingenuine. But Giannis, we always thought when he said that he meant it, then he comes back from Greece, gives this press conference. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just focusing on basketball. And it wasn't just what he said. It was like the way it was said. It seemed like Giannis maybe was pivoting to, to going elsewhere, even though the, the team here was built for him and the most money he could make was here. So He gave a press conference about December 12th or so, kind of alarming. Uh, Eventually, or maybe it was like the 5th, and then he signed around the 12th. I get the dates confused, but about a week later, he did sign, and it was a tremendous joy of relief because what he means to the Bucs is one thing, but then what he means to the community, you know, is another. I I, I think that the way the Bucs have changed, because, you know, the state of Wisconsin and you mentioned the, the Packers to start. The state of Wisconsin is a, it's a Green Bay Packers state. Yeah. That, that, that's the number one team. In Milwaukee, I'm two hours away from Green Bay. I'm 90 minutes from Chicago. I, I'm closer to the Bears than I am to the Packers. And even in the other parts of the state, the western side, some of these people are a hop, skip, and a jump away from Minneapolis. And Green Bay is like four hours away, but just the whole state is Packers. The Brewers have done well. 
to be a statewide team. The Bucks kind of had struggled with that for a long time. They were really just the city of Milwaukee. It was a Milwaukee team. You don't have bus trips from all over the, the state coming and spending a day or a couple days in Milwaukee to watch the Bucks. That wasn't happening. With Giannis and the way that the team has transformed these last few years, getting a new arena, completely rehabbing the downtown in terms of you know game day spots and places to go, the, the way that the Bucks owners have invested into the city. It, it, it's just been a tremendous boon for the team. And now you have people all over the state that maybe would watch the Bucks if it got to be playoff time or you know if there was nothing else on. You've gotten them to be actual Bucks fans buying Giannis jerseys for their kids. So I don't know if Giannis is going to finish here. Like, will he be a Buck forever? I mean, LeBron's played on what? Uh, three teams now? Three teams uh, the Cavs what? twice. Cavs, 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 yeah. Cavs, Lakers. Yeah. So you get like Chris Paul, bounce, bounce, bounce. Even Russell Westbrook, who was a Thunder his whole career. And then now he's played on three different teams in the last 18 months. So I, to say that he's going to be a buck forever, I, I'm not going to go that far. But to get him for this contract, to get the kids that have started to embrace him, to really grow up with a guy like this, I just, I just think it's a tremendous amount for the city and especially for the team. So this offseason, though, to answer the initial question, it was, yeah, it was do or die. If they didn't get it done here, man, I don't know if it would have gotten done. Yeah, I remember getting the update and going, oh, my goodness, I can't believe he actually re-signed this early. I, I thought, you know, I said, I think he stayed in Milwaukee. I was feeling like he signed too late. We were, <laughs> like, going crazy. Well, again, I, I'm glad to see him stay in Milwaukee because I'm actually uh, I'm happy to see a, a, a smaller market team stay relevant in the NBA. I love that. And I love that that now Milwaukee, the Bucks, you know, a team from – from way, way back, it is still building. And, you know, you can't blame the Bucks ownership because they went out and got it done, as you said. They they bring in Holiday. They, you know, they even, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I think maybe they keep Giannis's brother on the roster just to keep Giannis happy a little bit. I mean, would that be a fair assessment that they keep Thanius well, just that's, because? that's certainly why they signed him. I mean, there's no yeah. question about that. That's certainly why they gave him that 15 spot on the bench. What's been interesting is he's been playing now and he's been playing like, all right, Giannis or Thanasis was thought thought to be a really bad basketball player. I mean, you have Giannis who's great. And then his other brothers, uh, one of his brothers, Costas is with the Lakers. He never, he never, he never plays, you know? And then, so you look at that. Not many people in the Lakers do (laughs) outside of of about eight guys. But you're looking at that and saying, well, are they going to try to position? Is that why they want Giannis someday? But credit Thanasis. One thing that he does, man, he gives he comes off the bench and he is just a tremendous ball of energy. And when you have guys playing over and over and over, you know, especially in this COVID season, things do get repetitive. Things do get a little claustrophobic. And Thanasis, every time he comes out there and he balls hard and he's, you know, coming in for Giannis. So you like always having a dead Koopa on the floor. They certainly signed him because he's Giannis's brother. There's no question about it. But he is—he's earned playing time, and it's been—it's been really cool to watch. So a few nights ago, um, everybody on the team made a three. <laughs> that was a few, or maybe a couple weeks ago, except for Giannis. I remember yeah. seeing that. That was a, a wild game. Um, but talk—can can you talk about how this team seems to have really embraced, you know, 
Mike Budenholzer and embrace the system. And, you know, like I said, they, they're beating a lot of teams they should beat. Yeah, they had the loss to, to Utah, but in the month of January, they've lost one game so far. That's pretty spectacular to see them do that. Uh, what's been your thoughts? Because they did that in Miami. They, they had the huge blowout win in Miami. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this Bucks team as we're looking at them right now? Yeah, I mean, they've embraced, uh, you know, Boonenholzer. They, it's funny you mentioned the thing with the threes because that was a fun night, and they set the record for most threes in a game. Yeah. But one thing the Bucks have done under Coach Budenholzer a lot as well is uh, allowed the most threes. When they've played like the, – I, I know the Jazz have done it. I think the Knicks. The Knicks beat them this way too. Yeah. You're always like letting the other team have their record night in threes against you. And for a while we thought, nah, it's just an outlier, you know, whatever. But it's, it's how the Bucks defend. So what they do is – the Bucks defend in a way where they let they let guys open from three, and that might work years ago. But now in a league where everyone shoots threes, and everyone shoots threes relatively well, you can't leave guys open. You can't no. have you can't have all these uncontested looks. I think in their last loss, oh, and I forget who it was to, but they yeah yeah Utah Utah had like. 20 or 20 to 30 uncontested three uh, point attempts. You can't do that against a team that can shoot the three. So that's been a problem. I think they're trying to change that a little bit more because they do this drop coverage thing where they let you shoot threes. And again, it's fine if the guys don't shoot threes, but they did that against Miami. Well, what does Miami have? A bunch of guys that can shoot threes. Yeah. So that's, you know, a big reason what killed them. So, I would like to go back to where I started with you. I would like to see them do things differently throughout the season. Yes, that is their base defense. Now, drop coverage, let the guys shoot threes. And if they're going to miss the threes, all right, it worked. But you have to be able to have just other styles of play, other styles of defense when a team like the Heat is taking advantage of you and there's no way to claw back from it. So that's what I want to see done in the regular season. I think for Bud, Coach Bud, man, this is a, this is a make-or-break year for him. Even, even if, again, he has the best record in the regular season. Coach Bud could have the best record in the regular season three years in a row, but if he doesn't get to a finals, then I think you got to move on from him. And I, I almost advocated for him to be moved on from last year after they lost to the Heat because it was just the same old, same old. You know, the Raptors, they did it with Dwayne Casey. They bring in Nick Nurse. They win the title right away. So even though you can be coach of the year, it's still when the expectations are adjusted and the expectations are the, for the Bucks. I think at this point is make the finals. You got to make the finals with Giannis. You got to make the finals. And they should have made it two years ago and then probably won. And they should have done it last year. And then who would have knows what would have happened against L.A. Now it should be another year where they should do it. And you're feeling all right. All right. Kyrie and KD, man, that's a tough team. I think we still got enough, but then all of a sudden now they got James Harden and it's going to be really tough to make the finals, but bud, you know, he's had the, he's had his chances. He's had his time. They got to get it done. Otherwise you start to look for a coach that can get you over the hump. Bulls did the same thing with, with uh, Phil Jackson back in the day. So it may need to be a coaching change because they've done everything else. They've got the superstar. 
They've got the number two. They made the trade for a point guard. They've got guys built around them that, you know, Bobby Portis has been really good. Bryn Forbes has been really good. They've got the depth. If it's not the finals this year, then the last thing you change is the coach. Well, you took my next question uh, right away from me there by bringing up, you know, who's a couple guys that maybe we need to keep an eye on for the Bucks here during this season. And oh, you, well, then uh, let, me, let me just tell you about Bobby Portis some more. Go ahead. This guy's been awesome. You know, the Bucs, they had to pivot pretty quickly. It looked like they were going to get uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. It didn't work out. So all of a sudden, what do you do? And then they bring in DJ Augustine, who's been well, uh, playing well. You bring in Bryn Forbes, who seems to have a good chemistry with Giannis already, and he's been good beyond the line. And Bobby Portis, man, this guy is just so happy to be here. He, he comes into the league. He's been on the bad Bulls teams and the bad Knicks teams. And then he gets to play in Milwaukee. He's coming off the bench. He's starting on the nights where Giannis uh, rest. And he's just, I mean, he is just fierce. He's, he's the kind of guy the Bucs have been missing for the last couple of years. Someone who can come in there and, you know, be a little nasty and get in somebody's face and hit a big shot and he flexes on the other team. It's just that he's playing very well. That's awesome. But then his attitude, too. That's something that the Bucs have been missing. So a lot of these guys have been playing very well. Dante DiVincenzo, is, is, he's playing well. I think there's still a higher ceiling for him. Pat Connaughton is playing well in spurts. But I, I think the, the unsung hero on this team right now is Bobby Portis. Yeah, and I've always liked Bobby Portis. I think he had a cup of coffee there with the Wizards, too, uh, where he played there for a little while. So good to see him. Uh, showing up and being productive on a team that looks like they're going to be playoff bound for sure. And we're looking forward to uh, seeing what the Bucks do this season. I, they're still my pick to go to the NBA Finals out of the East this year. That doesn't change even with, if anything, I think James Harden going to the Nets actually reaffirmed my choice of Milwaukee. I, I just don't think that big three is going to work. Uh, I don't think it's going to get them to the finals. That's my opinion, though. Um, I just think they lost too much depth in Brooklyn. But uh, before I let you go, let's circle back because we're, we're, we do a lot of sports talk. We're mostly basketball, but, man, we, I can't help but talk a little football. <laughs> Snowy on Sunday in Green Bay, about 30 degrees. You know, you got, in my opinion, the GOAT coming in, Tom Brady, argu- arguable, of course, uh, but playing Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, the last time these teams squared off in Tampa, Tampa really, uh, they did work against the Packers. They really frustrated Rodgers and uh, had a big 38-10 to win. What do you think? What's, what's your thoughts going forward here with the Packers and the Bucks on Sunday for the tri- uh, trip to the Super Bowl? Packers, it feels around here like a Super Bowl year. Um, I think Rodgers, the way he's been playing, they're just, they're so good. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. I didn't want to see Tom Brady. <laughs> I bet. You know, the, the Buccaneers, man, they, they're a good team. They, they whoop the Packers. I don't think a, a Buccaneers blow, it's blowout is likely again. I, I think this is going to be a one-score game. I don't see that at all. One-score game, probably. I just Tom, somebody I saw somebody tweet this. They put it out very well that these teams, the Packers should win this game, to me. I agree. But – Aaron Rodgers has had some of the worst postseason luck, whereas Tom Brady has had a lot of good postseason luck. I can't believe he's going to be in his ninth championship game in 10 years. Yeah. I thought the Packers being in 4-7, but Tom Brady himself, 
And then he just skips over to the NFC. He's like, all right, I'll go to the championship game there too. And the Super Bowl is in Tampa. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, there's a lot. If you are a fan of either team, you can look at both and say, hey, we're a team of destiny. We're a team of destiny. I'll tell you, dude, the the fact that Lambo's got a crowd now, they didn't all season. They had 8,000 people in there. They spaced it out where it looked like more. And then the the crowd, this is where Lambeau Field, people always say, oh, it's just on bleachers. It's on bleachers. They gave out like these metallic signs. Yeah. Or these like y- yard signs. And people throughout the game discovered that one way to make a lot of noise is to bang these on the bleachers that are open. So they, 8,000 people sounded like 80,000 people. It came that way across the TV. Talked to some people on the show this morning that that went to the game. They said the same thing. I think I think home field advantage does does do enough to get the Packers to the Super Bowl, but I'm scared to death to watch it. Well, I mean, as a Bucks fan, I was you know I was glad that we beat the Saints. Like that was the one that really worried me because the Saints had handed it to us twice this year. Uh, defense, I thought, stepped up, played well. Again, Bucks didn't have the offense that I thought they needed to win. Defense just so happened to to win it for us, in, in my opinion. I thought uh, w- whenever Tampa was able to only be down 6 nothing at the end of the first quarter last night against uh, the Saints, I said, okay, we've got a chance. The, the key to this ballgame to me is you got two great quarterbacks that can throw the ball, and they all got weapons. It's going to come down to Aaron Jones versus Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, in my opinion. I think whoever can run the ball effectively and get out and and set up the play action, I think that's who's going to win this ball game, and, and that's what it comes down to. Who's going to run the ball better, more effectively, and who's going to get out there and which defense is going to be able to stop the run and force the other team to try to throw and beat them? Yeah, it's about turnovers too, man. I yeah, mean, if you, absolutely. If you gift the Buccaneers turnovers like Drew Brees was, well, yeah, Tom Brady – Tom Brady on an 80-yard field is awesome. Tom Brady, when he only needs 30 yards, geez. Well, you know, why even put a defense out there? So turnovers <laughs> are going to be huge. Uh, I, you know, if the Packers cannot turn the ball over, they'll, they'll win. Uh, yeah. you, you, hopefully you can force Tom Brady into a couple. Well, I, I, know the, I know who you're pulling for, and I know who I'm pulling for. But, again, if we're going to lose and we lose to Green Bay, I'm not even going to be that upset about it. Uh, so, you know – the, the line is plus four for Tampa right now, so bet at your own risk. Uh, should be a fun football game, though. And the, the 3.05 start time, uh, Eastern time. I know for you guys it's 2.05 Central, so we'll see. The crowd helps. Looking forward to it, though. Looking forward to seeing what uh, what the game brings. And I appreciate you, as always, Bart, for jumping on and talking Milwaukee uh, Bucks with us. And, of course, the, the Packers inside as well. That That helps out. Uh, won't you let our listeners know where they keep up with you, follow you, listen to your show and all that. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at winks. Thanks. Uh, and then our show, uh, Bart Winkler show on Twitter. And then, uh, we're in Milwaukee six to 10 central in the morning. And we are worldwide on the radio.com app. Awesome. Thanks again, Bart, uh, for jumping on. And I hope to talk to you again real soon. And, uh, you know, hey, you feel free to uh, hate tweet me this week about Tampa. It's totally okay. I'll take it all in stride. <laughs> you bet. All right. Thanks again, man. Yeah, thanks. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. 
They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Thanks to our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Thanks to Bart Winkler from The Bart Winkler Show. We're jumping back on, talking bucks with us there, and it's good to have him on as always. All right, well, let's take a look and get an update here from the Nets game as they're taking on the Cavaliers. Get a score here because, you know, it's kind of a game we were keeping an eye on. It's in overtime. Nets are up as we speak in overtime. And uh, the Sixers and Celtics are in quite a game here. 108-105, Sixers lead. And the Mavericks got a nice win tonight as well. They win 124-112 over the Pacers. So, you know, lots of teams playing right now in the league. A lot of stuff going on. Um, so, yeah, we'll see uh, We'll see what happens as we, we move forward here in the NBA. All right, as soon as we get a final on that Cavs game, we'll put it out there to you. But, uh, again, we'll be back and uh, with that. Now, football. What a weekend it was in the NFL. Will you agree with me, sir? It was, but I wanted to talk about Duke. Oh, well, go ahead and talk about Duke before we go to football. Well, just quick, all right? Duke's go ahead. My question is as far as the tournament is concerned. Now, granted, it's a little early yet. Okay. Still some time to go. Duke right now, where, where do you think Duke is in the ACC right now? Probably at the bottom somewhere. They're not doing well. I know they're not ranked. They are seventh in the ACC. If okay. they can, if they continue to be average, what does it take to get Duke out of the tournament? Is it possible for them not to get there? Can they put in seven teams from the ACC? Can they get away with that? I mean, they may have to win their conference tournament. Seems like that might be the only thing they can do to get in. I mean, I can't believe they lost to Pitt. Yeah, they did. They have not been playing well. Would you believe this? The other day when they released the new polls, North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky all out of the top 25. You know how long it's been since that happened? It was a long time. 1961. I mean, one or the other or all of them has always kind of been a bit of a powerhouse to some degree. Yeah, it was 1961 the last time that happened. Uh, Duke is... uh, There's... uh, uh, they got a new. Af- uh, they're going to have a new athletic director. There's been rumblings that uh, it's time for Duke to start looking at who's going to take over from Coach K. I mean, Coach K ain't getting any younger. I mean, I don't even know how old he's got to be getting up there. I know he's in his seventies. I'm not 100 percent on his exact age. So at some point, he's got to. I mean, how how long do you keep him? Does he stay there until he doesn't want to be there anymore? 
Yeah. Honestly. Is that pretty much his? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's his till he now, wants to leave. Now, he's 73. I would have said that if it was the if it was the same AD, but with a new AD, is there a chance that they okay, well, we we didn't do very good this year anyway. Maybe now's the time to be bad for a year or two and get rid of him? I don't think you're going to get rid of him. If you get rid of him, I think you'll have a you will actually have a huge issue at <laughs> At the university. Alum, yeah, alumni might rebel. Alumni won't like it. I don't think the students would like it even. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, I just, I mean, to be honest, I'd rather see Duke bad with Mike Krzyzewski. I enjoy that more than. <laughs> God, you hate Duke so much. <laughs> well, I'm just so tired. I mean, it was always, you know, it's kind of the, uh, you know, I, 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 it's kind of the Bill Belichick thing. Okay, is Mike Krzyzewski really that great a coach? Or has he just been good because he's always had really, really good players? Well, I think we can kind of put to bed uh, the Belichick-Brady argument, though, of who needed who. And I'm not going to lie. It took both of them to get where they got and do what they did. But Tom Brady, man, surprises the heck out of me every week. And he's my quarterback now. So well, Tom, it's like I mean Tom Brady probably doesn't play without Bill Belichick. I mean he he was not on their list of guys that I mean he got comes out of college not very well thought what, six of. Sixth round sixth round pick? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of an afterthought really. I mean and honestly, I mean he had an okay college career, but it wasn't a spectacular one. You know, he went no Trevor Lawrence. Well, he came into the NFL, and he's made a huge impact now. Arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, the man, <laughs> you see yeah, the list? No, it's, it's not arguably. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I can't argue with it. I By really any, any metric you want to use, short of maybe passing yards. You know, okay, doesn't have a deep ball. Maybe not the best, greatest arm ever. I'll give you that. But as far as that one stat that really, really matters, which is Super Bowls and W's, way up there and way ahead of anybody else in the Super Bowl department. And that, well, sure. he's beaten 18 different teams in the playoffs now. He's beaten over half the league in the playoffs. Well, he has more, he has more playoff wins than some franchises. He does. He has more playoff wins than a lot of franchises do, which yeah, is yeah. scary. I mean, has he, short of the first, I mean, I think they missed the playoffs, what, I think once on his tenure, once he was the starter, I think once, maybe twice. I think, I think it was, I think it was once. I know he missed it. I think it was the Oh three year. They missed it. Where's Jeff when you need him? But yeah, Jeff would know he's a Tom Brady fanatic. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was just the, cause he took over the starter. What, what, what year was it? Oh one. I think. Something like that. I'm looking. Um, yeah, okay. He goes sixth sixth round two thousand draft. Uh da, 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 da. He only plays one game in uh, okay, yeah, they his... missed it. They missed it in O two. Then yeah, there you go. Uh, looks like they missed it in 08. 
know the crazy thing about Tom Brady? Another thing nobody ever talks about when, yeah, we, when, when, we, when they bring him up? What an Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, 14 of 15 in, in, in his first full year. And after that, except for when he was hurt, he played every game. Actually, I think he, I think they were in the playoffs in 08. I think that was the year he got hurt. Oh, oh, wait, he, he only played in uh, one game. Yeah, that was the year he got hurt. But other than that, he started and finished every, you know, 16 to 16, uh, what, one, two, three, four, playoff five, playoff games for Tom Brady. 43 playoff games, and he's 43 years old. Kind of insane. 17 seasons he's played all 16 games. That's wild. 17. That is insane. You know, 43 years old and threw for what? Uh, 40 touchdown passes. 43 this year. Uh, I'm not counting playoffs, just regular season. No, that was regular season. Well, this says 40. Okay, well, I thought it was 43. Okay, well, it could be wrong. Um, This says 40 uh, playoffs. He's... Well, he's got four this year in the playoffs, according to this. I don't know if that's right or not, but it's close enough. I don't care hell if he threw for 20. That would be man, not too many 43-year-old guys putting up those Okay, yeah, you're right, 40. He had 40. I apologize. 40. And then when you compare that to, okay, Tom, uh, he's 43. Uh, Drew Brees looked all of his, what, 41. Yeah. Uh Philip Rivers retires today. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Rivers calls it a day, and uh, that's a guy that never even got a chance to play in a conference a conference championship game. And Philip Rivers was a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback, but he – I mean, I don't know. I suppose you might be able to make the argument that he was never really surrounded with a – Super I mean, receivers, maybe. Yeah, but, but again, well, Tom, Tom Brady never was either for a lot but, of years. Uh, so, one time he had Randy Moss. <laughs> so I mean that that argument really doesn't. I'll argue that I'll argue his receiving core this year is about his second best receiving core he's ever had. Uh, overall, it would have to be very close to the best one, I would think. I don't think it's as good as the one where they almost went undefeated. Because Moss was on that team. I think they had Welker. Uh, that was a good receiving squad. Anytime you put Randy Moss on there, who to me, arguably the best receiver of all time. Oh, no. Top Sorry. three. Sorry, I'm going to have to say that uh, Jerry Rice is at the top of the list. I, I'd say Jerry's up there. Jerry's Jerry, up there. Jerry, a uh, very unknown guy. Or not unknown, but one not a lot of people will go to. Steve Largent. Because he played in Seattle for all those years, and nobody yeah. really knew who he was. Uh, I mean, but Jerry Jerry Rice has got to be the goal. You got to put Moss up in top three, though. Yeah. Jerry's up there. I put Moss up there. Again, okay, we we might be looking at eras by this point because a lot maybe. of the good ones didn't play. I know. mean, I think you could you could throw Lynn Swan in there if you wanted to. Calvin throw, Johnson comes to mind. Are you going to throw Michael Irvin on that list? I mean, you could. I mean, there's an argument to be made. I'm not saying for sure. I'm just saying these are people that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not going to. You're not going to say Randy Moss wasn't a force when he played. Oh, he was. He was amazing. He had a few 
other issues. I had some issues, but I mean, <laughs> most honestly, what well, one most, of them didn't, right? Most of them do. So, I mean, you, well, there's a lot of guys out there. You can make these arguments for how good they were. So, I don't know. But that leads to the debate of of top quarterbacks. You know, we're seeing quarterbacks now. I had somebody message me the other day and say, you know, Breeze. It looks like Breeze is going to hang it up. Of course, there's he's. It was reported before the game that he was going to hang it up when the Saints lost. They lose that night, and he says, "Well, I haven't made a decision." Yada yada. So keeping his options open. Do you think? Who do you think would be a top five quarterback list for you? Top five quarterbacks. Okay, uh, uh, we could agree. Tom Brady's probably Tom not. Brady's. Well, even if you only rate Tom Brady's not in your top five is if you don't like him. Yeah, I'm putting him number one. Otherwise, he's got to be in the top five. And you know, the rest of them, I'm going to say no particular order because it depends on what day of the week it is that you make the argument. Uh, but yeah, Brady's there. I think Peyton Manning is there for me. I would go with pro. I would put Drew Brees up there. Brees was a good quarterback. No, I got guys that'll that'll go ahead of him. I would put up there Joe Montana. Yeah, I'll put Joe on my list. And I'm leaning more towards. This is where it gets iffy for me. Favre is good. I don't know if I go Favre though. I think I would go Staubach. Okay, what about what about Dan Marino? Dan Marino was good, but you know you said it yourself. The stat that matters never got. Yeah, that he three. didn't win. Okay, so then what? What about John Elway? Elway got two, but yeah, well, Peyton were... only got two. That's true, but Peyton Shit, also Eli's got two. If we're going, well, by you got to remember though, like Peyton set all these records and. I mean, I'm a little biased against Elway. I was never a big I mean, fan of just, Elway. Uh, I mean, hell, Troy Aikman's got. What? He's got two, doesn't he? No. You got no. three? I mean, a lot of people would argue Steve Young would be on that list. Uh, and then, of course, it. Terry Bradshaw, Johnny Unitas, Bart yeah, Starr. Terry Bradshaw won some Super Bowls. But if you look at Terry Bradshaw's stats, they're not that impressive. And I like Terry Bradshaw. Well, it's don't a, it's a different era, too. But but he didn't he didn't really play for all that long if you really look at his career because he was running for his life. <laughs> yeah, well, they were all, back then they were all running for their lives. I mean, yeah, that that was back when you could you know a, line, a, a lineman could could tackle a quarterback, then club him six times, and then kick him, and yeah. nobody cared. Uh, uh, Troy Aikman has three Super Bowls. Okay, so. Yeah, I mean, okay, three Super Bowls, Super Bowl MVP, and six Pro Bowls. I mean, I don't know. Like, pretty good. Pretty good, although I wouldn't really consider him. You know, he, he was really, really good for like a Wow, six, give me five, Emmett Smith. Years. Give me Emmett Smith behind me and the best offensive line assembled, and I'll look pretty good. Well, okay, but you could say that about Terry Bradshaw had Franco Harris and Swan. So Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I agree. You know, I mean, Steve Young had Jerry Rice. Well, and damn near everybody else under the sun for a while there. They were a lot of people might even throw Joe Namath in there for his Super Bowl win that he called. I would, I would throw. I tend to go to some guys maybe less heralded, like Fran Tarkington, who ran for his absolute life. He was good. I mean, Warren Moon would be another guy. Warren Moon was a great quarterback, and and to be honest, played most of his better years in in Canada. Yeah, he played a lot of years in Houston. I mean, Kurt Warner was good. 
the greatest show on turf. I mean, and then goes to a completely different team and takes them to the Super Bowl. I mean, not everybody can can have uh, the quarterback pedigree of the Chicago Bears. I mean, oh god. <laughs> I mean, you got some. I mean, there was some really good. I mean, where's Aaron Rodgers on the list? Uh, maybe by the time he's done, he's on this list. But I mean, right well, let's, now, let's, I wouldn't put him up there. No, I wouldn't right now. But if he wins another Super Bowl, does he suddenly get on the list? But now he's got I don't two even think he's got to win another Super Bowl. I think, I think he just, when his career is finally said and done, I think he will be eventually. But right now, I can't put him over Montana. I okay, can't put so him over Breeze. I can't put him over Brady, and I can't put him over Manning. I Could I put him over Staubach? Probably. Let's pop the bubble even more. What if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? How how much longer does it just too young? Right, but but what more accolades does he need if he's already won two Super Bowls in like three seasons? I mean, I I understand that, I get that, but at the same you know, unless time, unless he falls off of a off of a cliff and then never plays again, then maybe he doesn't make the list. But I mean, would he probably get there? Sure, but I I this early in a career, I can't say that yet. No, I can't put anybody. You you've got to, to me almost. You almost got to get there a few times. You know, you need to be done, or you need to have played for a. I remember another guy that's really good that maybe we might be talking about by the time he's done. That's Russell Wilson. Top five, maybe not, but top ten, maybe. Maybe, depending on. Well. I'll tell yeah, you what. I mean, there's you can. May, there's so many, and you can debate this all day. We may revisit this with Jeff eventually because I think this would be a good conversation for the three of us to have. Well, we should do. We should. This is what we should do. How about this idea? See what you think okay. of this. Okay. Let's have Jeff assemble one of two ways. Jeff assembles his all-time offensive team. Not and offensive he, line, right? No, well, that or, or, or maybe just like okay, best quarterback, best receiver, best running back, maybe you know seven Skill or eight positions. spots. Skill yeah. positions, uh, and then either we try to pick holes in it, or we pick one and we let Jeff try to pick holes in it. One of the two. We could do that. We could do that. We could do that I'll for a lot of things. I'll have to get in touch with him, but we we could probably make that happen. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears. Let's look at the the football games from this past weekend. Uh, Buffalo wins over the Ravens. Do you think they win because they knocked Lamar Jackson out, or do you think they were going to win no matter what? Uh, I think they were going to win no matter what. I thought that as well. I think they were already winning. That, that wasn't like they knocked him out and then took the lead. It was already it was a kind of an ugly game in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, kind of expected. I thought they did, uh, but they, you know, hey, pick up a win. So, Buffalo. Good for Buffalo. They've been there. I mean, it's kind of weird to say that a team that was in four Super Bowls in a row. And lost all four of them. And lost all of them, but that they haven't won for a long time. But they haven't. I mean, that franchise is due. Back in, uh, back in the conference championship. Oh, quick, quick update. The, uh, the basketball game was into double overtime. Oh, wow. Heck of a game. Uh, and I believe if I just read that correctly. The score right now is uh, 131-127 Cleveland in, se- in the second overtime. Mm. So. Well, let's uh, let's look at it. Chiefs beat the uh, Browns by the skin of their teeth. Chad Henney had to pull some late-game heroics, but it worked. Uh, Chiefs are playing Buffalo. What, what's your thoughts on that game? Well, apparently there's been a lot of talk about 
whether Patrick Mahomes was actually concussed or not, even though he's in concussion protocol. So I'm not quite understanding how you can be in concussion protocol but not have got a concussion. Uh, now, maybe there's a way medically that that works. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess you can get a concussion. Can you get, I mean, you can get a concussion and not get hit in the head, correct? I'm sure. You know, you can get one from whiplash or yeah, that, absolutely. Kind of, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's possible, I guess. Apparently, he's been taking all the reps. In yeah, I think he'll play well, Sunday. So I'm going to, well, if he isn't, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, I don't think Chad Henney's <laughs> going to beat Buffalo. Well, no, yeah. but in the sense of, like, if they're practicing and he's taking all the reps and they don't think he's going to play, what the hell are they doing? That's true. So that you would have to assume that he's going to go unless, although from what I understand, that's an independent medical person who makes that call. So yeah, that's true, too. But they, but they must be fairly certain. I would, I don't know. I kind of like Buffalo. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Packers take care of business. They beat the Rams. Uh, thoughts on that game? Uh, not surprised Green Bay won, but kind of surprised that they moved the ball as easily as they did against them. They really took care of business in a hurry. Like, for that being the number one ranked defense, it didn't look like it. Um, because they didn't have any trouble scoring. No, I mean, not at all. Uh, then Bucks and Bucks Saints. Uh, what, what was your thoughts there? I, I was I was unsurprised. I told you I didn't think uh, I thought Tampa Bay was going to win outright when they were down six nothing at the end of the first when they should have been down fourteen nothing. I thought they had a chance, and then the offense started to click and uh, it, it really it uh, Tampa handled business. So go Bucks. I mean, I was happy. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Tom Brady. Braided. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, let's make our picks here, and then we'll get to our unsolved mystery before we get out of here. Uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, three o'clock Sunday. Tampa Bay plus four. What do you think? Uh, I I got to take Green Bay. So I'm sorry that that's. I'm hoping that maybe that helps you. If I take Green Bay, I, 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 you you put out there. You, you put it out there. I, I I'll take Green Bay, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady. So I'm it, taking Tampa Bay, baby, to win it. I mean, if some, I if, have if, to though. I if, have if, to. if if I turned on, if I couldn't watch that game and I turned on the sports and it's oh Tampa Bay beat Green Bay, I wouldn't be going like no. Like, that wouldn't be a huge shock to me if that was... Well, and then uh, Kansas City, Buffalo at Kansas City. Buffalo's plus three. What are your thoughts? I like Buffalo. Well, we're going to be split here because I think Kansas City's going to win it. I I think Buffalo is... Actually, you know what? I take that back. I do think Buffalo will win this game because one good hit to Mahomes and they, I think, may have it in hand. I think Buffalo could win this. It, it, they should both, for at least for a, cha- for a change, both these games should be really, really good games. Should. Should be. Games. On paper, they appear to be very good. And quick update, Cleveland 145, Brooklyn Nets 133. Wow. With 44 seconds left. Who fell asleep on in this game? Yeah, really? Well, there you go, but... Uh, now we're going to hear a word from our friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and then we'll be right back, and we're going to wrap this one up 
right after this. Or not Atomic Comics, excuse me. Stay Classy Meets. That's who we're hearing from. Hey, stay Our Classy Comics. Stay Classy Meets. The comic book people we heard from earlier. And they got great stuff. Go check them out. But also check out Stay Classy Meets while you're there. Go check them out. We'll be back right after this. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality product out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. The Phantom Punch was one of Muhammad Ali's biggest wins of his career as he knocked out Sonny Liston in the first round. But was it actually the Phantom Punch that took Liston out? Or was it a pre-planned flop due to Liston's gambling debts? Were there other reasons as to why this happened? Or was it a legitimate punch that just caught Liston off guard? We investigate this week on Wide Men Can't Jumps Unsolved Mysteries. The famous Phantom Punch of Muhammad Ali, May 25th, 1965. After Muhammad Ali whooped up on Sonny Liston to claim his heavyweight title, they faced off in a rematch months later. Ali knocks Liston out with the famed punch early in the first round. Controversy surrounding the punch was in regards to Liston's reported gambling problem. He allegedly was so deep in debt he decided to bet against himself and in turn make up some money, uh, some of the money he owed by throwing the fight. A lot of people speculated Ali's initial punch doesn't connect with enough force generally associated with a good knockout. Others said he just did it because he was scared of Ali after their first fight. The verdict from Complex.com, going off how shady boxing is, we wouldn't put it past Sonny Liston, but ultimately, we just think it was a cold case of I don't want none of that from Liston. Ali was getting better with every fight, showed Liston he could beat him with his rare combo of power and speed, and it seemed like Liston just did not want to have that fight. What do you think, Tim? Well, I mean, you got to admit, Muhammad Ali in his prime was one bad mofo. Oh, dude, couldn't touch him. Greatest of all time, period. Greatest of all time. Uh, And could do a little bit of everything, you know. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, you know, no knock on Mike Tyson, but, I mean, he was, I'll tear your head off, and that's pretty much all I got. You know, he really, you know, he wasn't much of a of a ta- ring he tactician. A power, he was a power puncher. Yeah, not much of a ring tactician. Whereas Ali, oh, you want to, you know, do, do I just want to dance around and make you tired for 15 rounds? I can do that. I can jab you to death. I can knock you out. I can do all kinds. I can talk shit, which he did better probably than anyone ever. Or he could stand there and let you, let you punch yourself out like he did to Foreman. Yeah, and then clock you. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards... 
a combination of yeah, maybe I I throw this fight to make some money, but me throwing it wouldn't have if I hadn't have thrown it wouldn't have just would have changed the round in which this knockout would have occurred. Yeah, it was like well, I could have made it to the fourth round at least, right? <laughs> it made us look I, a little bit made yeah, it look I'm, a little bit legit. If I can take a dive, kind of, and not get my bell rung. Probably going to do that before you let the guy, like, literally knock you out. And it sort of makes kind of sense, if you, especially if you bet on your on him to win or on yourself to lose yeah. or whatever he did. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I remember, I'm old enough, I remember watching Muhammad Ali fight, uh, I think it was, was it Leon Spinks? Spinks, yeah. This, when, he beat, when he beat him. Not when he lost, but when he beat him. Yeah. And he was already a pretty old dude, and you could tell. I mean, his game was not what it once was at that point already. But he could just, for moments, it was like Father Time shed off of him. It was just like, God, how is this? I mean, he was old, fat, out of shape, and yet he still had moments of. That's how you know when a guy's really good. You know, he's past his prime, but not. But for moments, wasn't past his prime. If that makes sense. That that fight was on national television in Canada. That's how big Muhammad Ali was. Yeah, he was huge. I mean, you won't even see a fight on regular television these days. Nah, not much of one, at least. Well, I mean, anything that we're talking about is on pay-per-view, right? So check out that uh, final score. What did it end up being? 147 to 135. But this is the part that gets me. The overtime... First period's 14-14, obviously, because they went to a second one. 20-8 to eight in the second overtime. Ooh. That's a run right there. That's an unsolved mystery until next week. <laughs> for real. But that's going to do it for this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors. Thanks to Bart Winkler and company for joining us. And, uh, Tim, it was fun. We get to do her all again next week. Did you know? Did you know? I got to tell you this because you don't know. I don't know why I'm okay. asking you if you knew. Well, tell me. You, you couldn't know. I had to put the brakes on Frank today. Oh, yeah? What's he doing? Well, he wanted to do this thing called the Inauguration Bowl. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't let him go there. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Well, it was like he was mixing up sports and politics and our personalities. You know, Ed, Nick, Tom, Karen. All that. There was some kind of a football game going on, but yeah, I don't know. Didn't didn't pan out. But <laughs> but Frank tells me. Uh Frank's been back in the studio. Oh yeah. Cutting some tracks for Delco Records. Oh no. So <laughs> look for that. The the uh positive pand pandemic somethings. I can't even remember what he told me. It was crazy. Man. Oh god. Well, so you can look we for look that. forward to that with bated breath, as they say. No, it's going to be good because I hear there's some guest appearances on this this one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Andre, Andre sings Sinatra. How <laughs> lucky could one guy read? <laughs> oh, York. Oh, God. Andre sings New York, New York. I gotta be me. <laughs> I did it my way. Sing it, Pat. 
All right. I'm calling it. Everybody have a good night. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tim, send us out of here. Stay safe. Stay away from the COVID. Wear your masks. Smart people wear masks. Don't care what anybody says. It's a fact. Look it up. That's all from Canada. Bonjour. That's all from the U.S. Good night. Thanks for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at anchor.fm slash WMCJ. Check us out there and download our podcast directly from Anchor or subscribe on one of the many platforms where we're located, including iTunes, Spotify, and more. Thanks to our great sponsors for making this program possible, New Taylor & Associates at newlawoffice.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, Strip Cam Fun at stripcamfun.com, as well as Stay Classy Meats, located at stayclassymeats.com. Use our promo code WIDEMEN and save 10% on your order. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Sports Talk with Nate and Tim, and we hope you come back and join us again for our next episode at the same spot you found it last time. Thanks again to the wonderful Horse Burner for providing our intro song, as well as all the other content they bring out. Check them out on YouTube, iTunes, Apple Music, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope to see you back next time. For Tim, this is Nate saying so long for now, and we'll see you again on the next edition of Wide Men Can't Jump.